Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The people were in expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ. Expectation, excitement. What was happening at the Jordan? Well, Nothing like this had ever been seen before. People were going out there in droves from Jerusalem and Judea, from far and wide, young and old, rich and poor, because of him. This one named John. The prophet who broke the drought of God's word that had lasted some 400 years. He preached He called to repentance. He baptized for the forgiveness of sins. Could this be the one? Could he be the Christ? No. No, I'm not, John said. Oh. Faces drop. Shoulders sag. Disappointment. Like when you open that gift on Christmas morning that you thought was the one gift that you really wanted more than all the others. But it wasn't. Oh, thanks, you say, trying but failing to hide your disappointment. No, I'm not the Christ, John says, but the one you want the one mightier than I, is coming. Someone so much greater than me that I am not even worthy to crawl to him on my hands and knees and uh, loose the strap of his sandals. Perhaps that was hard for some people to accept or imagine. Someone greater than John? Just look at his following. Look at all the people coming out to him to be baptized. Even the leaders in Jerusalem are taking notice of him. John went viral. Just fearless. Calling sinners to repentance. Even calling out King Herod. John was just being modest, right? Humble. Which made him even greater in the sight of the people. But John is exactly right. He's not humble. He's honest. He is a sinner so wicked that he is not even worthy to approach Christ to ask or beg for anything. That is our situation too. So the Christ, Jesus, approaches him. Comes to him. And the one whose sandal John is not even worthy to untie asks John to do something far more, far greater than that for him. To baptize him. The sinless one. Baptized by a sinful one. Should be the other way around, don't you think? John thought so. But not God. The God who doesn't demand that we come up to him, but who comes down to us. The God who doesn't demand that we clean ourselves up first, 
but who has come to clean us. He is a God who doesn't do things as we do them or how we think they should be done. Because of that, many people think God foolish or no God at all. When he doesn't live up to our expectations, isn't the kind of God we think a God should be. Why, he is a God who who wears sandals. Actually, it's even worse than that. He is the God who is baptized. He didn't need to be, clearly. Jesus is the Son of God and so perfect in every way. Why is he being baptized? Well, there's only one reason for it. For you. That's why he was born. For you. That's why he lived. For you. That's why he was crucified. For you. So that's why he was baptized. For you. He didn't have to do any of those things. But we needed him to. So he did. We needed him to come to us. To be one of us. To come all the way down. To the lowliest of low sinners. To come all the way down. To you and me, who are not worthy to approach him. So he comes to us. And stepping into the Jordan, it's as if he says, I'll be the sinner. And you be the son. I'll take your place. And you take mine. That's why he's baptized. That's why we're baptized. That's why at the end of the service today, we're going to sing... God's own child, I gladly say it. Well, how can we sing that? How can we sinners like us be so bold to make that claim? Because I am baptized into Christ. Because Jesus has made it so. The prophet Isaiah today hinted at such an exchange. When through him God said to Israel, I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you. But to redeem not just Israel but the world, a much greater ransom would have to be given. God's own son. And he proclaimed publicly that work this day in the Jordan. Before this day, Jesus had been mostly hidden. He was born in obscurity in Bethlehem. He was raised in Nazareth up up in the sticks. And And few knew who he was. The shepherds, the wise men, Simeon and Anna, folks we met the past few weeks. But now no more hiding. Now it's public. The Father and the Holy Spirit make sure of that. The Holy Spirit descending upon him in a bodily form as a dove. And the Father's voice booming from heaven. You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. I read a brother pastor's sermon this week. And in it he remarked that today, according to Luther was really the day of the three kings. 
not Epiphany. Those wise men that came to see Jesus, there may or may not have been three of them to match the three gifts, and they most probably weren't kings, even though we call them that. But today there are three kings. The king of creation, the triune king, there at the Jordan. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit coming into his creation, into his realm to save it. To save you. To give you a gift. The gift of a savior. So God the king is in the waters with sinners. Big sinners, little sinners, all sinners. First it was the water of the Jordan, but after that any water will do, he says. Water which with his word becomes a life-giving water, rich in grace and a washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit. Because his word makes it so. His word which says, I baptize you. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. I forgive you all your sins. And they are. Just as at creation when he spoke and it was so, here too. For the word always does what it says. His powerful, living, and active word. So that when that powerful, living, and active word is poured upon you, or sprinkled upon you, or you are immersed in it, it doesn't matter how. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the forgiveness of your sins, and with you, the Father is well pleased. The exchange, complete. Jesus, the Son, baptized into your life, and you, the sinner, baptized into his. Which is what the Apostle Paul was explaining to the Romans today in those verses we heard when he said, Don't you know? Don't you know that when you were baptized, you were baptized into Jesus in his life and death, into his death and resurrection? Don't you know? When you're baptized, the old sinner dies with Jesus. And a new person rises with him to live a new life. So baptism, it turns out, is your first death and your second birth. Your new birth to a life no longer enslaved by sin and no longer under the dominion of the devil, but a life set free. And eternal. Because of the one. Who was in those waters with you. Because of the one. Who gave his life as a ransom. For you. And. That all may have that gift. Brought. By the real three kings. The father, son and holy spirit. After Jesus death and resurrection. He sent his apostles out to give that gift. He said to them, go and baptize all nations. Set them free. Let them out of their prisons, their prisons of sin. The prisons of guilty consciences, of regrets, of failures, all that is burdening them. I want it. I want it all. 
baptize them into me and me into them for the forgiveness of their sins, for a new life. That's what we call the office of the keys. Uh, an image that Jesus himself used, that special authority that Christ has given to his church on earth to forgive the sins of repentant sinners. It's the gift, actually, John was trying to give to King Herod, preaching to him to bring him to repentance, just as he done, had done for so many at the Jordan. John was trying to unlock the prison of sin Herod had locked himself in and give him life. But Herod locked John up in his prison and took his life instead. Sadly, that happens. Some do not want the gift of God or they want it on their own terms. But Herod's new wife could not give him a new life, nor could his power or wealth or anything else you either. Though, how often do we look for our life in the things of this world? But there's only one person who has that key. The key to life. And he has authorized his bride, the church, to use it, to proclaim it, to pour it, to feed it, to give life to those dead in their trespasses and sins. And set free those in the prisons of sin and death. Not so that we can go out and sin more. Or as Paul put it, continue in sin so that grace may abound. By no means, he says. And who does that? Who gets set free from prison and then go back? Um, yeah, that's right, we do. Sometimes we're not so smart. But when you do, I am still here for you, Jesus says. There is more forgiveness. There is always more forgiveness. More than you can ask or imagine. More than the waters in the Jordan. More than the grass that covers the earth or the atoms in the universe. My forgiveness is for all and greater than all. So repent, my children, I forgive you all your sins. And here, take and eat my body and blood, the same that stood in the Jordan that day for you. To strengthen you in me and me in you. That you go and sin no more. That you go in joy and peace. All that when Jesus stepped into the Jordan that day and was baptized. All that when you were baptized too. You may not remember that day, but your father does. Just as you don't remember the day you were born, but your father and mother do. That was a big day for them and you. Just as when you were baptized. One, the start of your life. The other, the start of your new and eternal life. Both gifts. 
from your real three kings, your creator, redeemer, and sanctifier. Or, as Isaiah put it today, now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.